Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. Mm, but before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Cheyenne Fletcher. Cheyenne, welcome back to the hot seat, sir. Hey, how are you doing? Doing just fine. We are here for season four, episode one. Uh, what's new? Uh, are you ready to kick off the season? How, what's going on? Yeah, I am. Uh, not much is new, you know. Same old, same old, you know, parenting and writing trivia questions. Getting ready for Geek Bowl. Trying to set up something out there. Trying to do a collaboration with Jonathan for his uh, meetup for Trivial Warfare. So that's about it. Excellent, Jonathan, of course. Good friend of the podcast. Uh, everyone out there, uh, if you're not listening to Trivial Warfare as well, please do so. I, I don't know why you wouldn't be. It's... Uh, it's kind of the uh, the grandfather of us all here <laughs> making podcasts about trivia these days. But uh, uh, Jonathan's been on the show many times. But Cheyenne, now, remind me, uh, how'd you do last time you were on uh, our uh, fine uh, episode here? Because I don't know. I have no recall. Uh, I, I survived. I think I went into the final with like 21 points. And just so I could fall on a lost number, I went to in the final round and got it. And so, yeah, I landed on 23. Hey, that's, then that's a success right there as well. Hopefully you'll uh, be able to do uh, as good or perhaps better this time around. Uh, the rules basically for season four, the same as we've always done here. Let me fill uh, you in if you're a new listener and remind you if you've been back for many a time, there's going to be four rounds of four questions apiece. In each round, I'll let you know the categories in order we'll be using for that round. Before I read each question, you get to lock in how many points you wish each question to be worth. Get it right, you get the points. It is just that simple. There's also going to be our halftime bonus worth 10 points. And at the end of the game, oh, Cheyenne, we'll get to field what we call the confidence question with a twist this season. But I will explain all of that when we get there. We cannot get there until we take our first little steps on our trivia journey. Cheyenne, are you ready to kick things off? Uh, yeah, let's go for it. All right, also new this season. In addition to three new categories that we're going to have all season long, each episode this season is going to have a particular letter of the alphabet attached to it. It's episode one. A is the episode every answer is going to have a word that begins with the letter A, if not more than one. A little something to think about as we head into round one, where the point value is available to you, as always, one, three, five, and seven, but you need to know the categories, and this is what we're working with for our kickoff episode. First category will be analogies. We are going to follow that up with who done it. Move along to what comes next, and our first new category of the season, Fungo. I will explain that when we get there. But uh, first up, analogies one, three, five, or seven. Uh, let's just start off slow and we'll throw a one on there because these analogies, sometimes they're right there. Sometimes I have no clue. Yeah, well, that, that is, uh, it's, it's like something. I can't quite come up with a proper analogy for it. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Cheyenne. Here is your first question. Mary McCauley is to pitcher as John Chapman is to what? And that's pitcher, P-I-T-C-H-E-R? Yeah, I know I sometimes uh, slip into my New York accent, but I'm, I'm not talking about that picture on the wall. Um, all right, so the only thing I can think of, I'm pretty sure Chapman is the batter who died from like a getting hit by a pitch. At least the last name Chapman. I don't remember the first name of that guy. Well, I almost wish that I didn't need to come up with an A word because I at least could have guessed batter. <laughs> um, what is an A that, like, I don't know the Mary McCauley at all. And I don't know if that John Chapman is that batter, but I'm pretty sure the last name Chapman is. Um, I'm trying to think of something that relates that starts with an A. I guess I'll go with Angel since that's a baseball team, but I think even that Chapman thing is before the Angels were even a team. So I will lock in with Angel. Angel. 
So yeah, uh, certainly uh, you're not wrong uh, in terms of there being a Chapman who died. That was the name. Uh, he was Ray Chapman. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously that doesn't, I could see where you would have gone pitcher, Ray Chapman, get hit by a pitch, died uh, tragically. Uh, but the pitcher was not Mary McCauley. I mean, there, were, I, there have been players with uh, female first names, but uh, we've yet to have our, uh, our pitch uh, turn into reality here. That Fox show about a, our first female pitcher. Uh, yeah, with uh, John Paul, John Mark Gosliar or whatever. Mark Mark Paul Gosliar, Zach yeah. Morris himself as the catcher. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Kerry Burberry, something like that. Was the pitcher? Yeah, something, something like that. Something like that. Uh, Mary McCauley is the real life person upon whom the somewhat fictionalized but based on fact uh, character of Molly Pitcher was based upon uh so we are looking for the somewhat fictionalized but yet somewhat based on real person from american culture that john chapman based and that would be johnny appleseed oh that's right appleseed is the a we were looking for here fun fact the last tree uh, that is still around that was belie is believed to have actually been planted by John Chapman is in the town of Nova, Ohio. And it is believed to be the last, there is one tree left of, of the actual trees he's planted. Oh, wow. A long way to go for zero points, but uh, yeah. that's why we only wager one on it to start off. So, uh, yeah, it's a warm-up. It's a warm-up. We're just going to keep climbing the ladder and go for three. Three points for who done it. Excellent is the next question here. As we uh, hope that uh, one wrong answer a day keeps the rest of the wrong answers away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a feeling there's gonna be more than one. Uh, possibly. Who knows? <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> who, who are you dealing with here? Anyway, who done it? Good luck. Here is your three point question. Some of the earliest astronomers arose out of the Middle East in the Middle Ages. Uh, the first recorded observation of a group of stars outside of the Milky Way came from this era. Name the astronomer who discovered Andromeda. Once again, it's just kind of trying to fall on an A answer. Normally I would say like Ptolemy, who I know is the one who started the 88 constellations that we still have today. And what's really funny is like two feet in front of me, is a whole thing of planets, but underneath that is a whole map of the constellations. Which so I'll make I, sure that you're looking skyward. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, there's something on top of it, so I can't there, see There's it an anymore. irony there. <laughs> yes, there is. Oh, wow. So astronomer, Middle Ages and Middle East. Uh, like when you started the question, I was hoping that the answer was going to be Andromeda. <laughs> <laughs> Name, like a celestial body that's named after something with an A other than Andromeda. And I don't think this is going to be right, but I know that the guy <laughs> who algebra is named after is like Algebar. So I'll go with that. Algebar. Uh, a little different uh, than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> which would yes. not be the right answer for this whatsoever. Al-Jabbar is your answer. Uh, it's, it's a very good guess, considering that most of the uh, names that come out of that region in that time do have an Al hyphen in front of it. Right. Uh, you, you were absolutely correct in that there might be some uh, thing that we're familiar with that was named after this uh, astronomer. And... It was in the news a little bit recently because this uh, this person has a crater on the moon named after him. And with all of the hubbub about China landing on the moon, there's been like a kind of renaissance of finding out about what what is there on the moon. It's not just the sea and tranquility. There's, there's other things there, <laughs> including uh, the crater that was named after the Arabic name of this individual was Abid al-Rahman al-Sufi. Uh, however, in the West uh, and in a lot of our textbooks, he is known simply as Azofi, A-Z-O-P-H-I, Azofi. Either Azofi, Al-Sufi, either one is correct. Algebra, not too far off, actually. Yeah, I, I, I've never heard that name in my life, so I'm fine with that. As always, educate as well as entertain.
Are you not entertained? No? Well, at least you're educated. <laughs> All right. What comes next? Well, what comes next comes next. So what say you? Five or seven? Uh, the next one is five. Let's And we'll uh, roll the dice on seven on a new category. All right. What comes next? Very simply, I'm going to give you a series of words, and you finish the sequence with what comes next. Here we go. Eagle. Eleven. Intrepid, 12. Aquarius, 13. What? 14. Wow. Eagle, intrepid Aquarius. Is it the age of Aquarius? Uh, no. Is this something... I really have nothing on this. I can't even, like, get those three to, like, match in something. I feel like there's like maybe cars with I think there's an eagle car there was, but that was like a long time ago. And I don't know about the intrepid car. Man, I, we are just going to have to throw out some random A word. Yeah, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, I really Arizona, I guess. Arizona. Certainly uh an A word. Much better than had you guessed something that did not start with A. So, well done. Uh, Better than batter. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Better than batter. Uh, I can't believe it's not butter. Uh, Don't be bitter. Anyway, uh, stop it. Stop it. All right. Springing off from the previous question where I said that it was in the news because he had a crater on the moon named after him. Chinese landed on the moon. There is this little mission called Apollo 11 landed on the moon. The Eagle has landed. It was the name of the lunar module for Apollo 11. Apollo 12, the lunar module, was named Intrepid. Apollo 13 didn't quite get there because Houston, they had a problem, but it was named Aquarius. So what was the landing module uh, for Apollo 14? It was Antares. All right. Yeah, once again, learning. Yeah, just to complete the set... uh, for Apollo's 15, 16, and 17 uh, that uh, rounded out the um, scheduled missions. Falcon, Orion, and Challenger, a name so nice, they kept coming back to it again and again. Yeah, the whole uh, space program is something I need to jump into and learn a little bit more about. Uh, to learn about, yes, not to actually jump into because... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I missed the boat on that. Uh, indeed. Well, we've, the technology's... Gone past boats, but now I hear you. <laughs> New category up next. It's going to be worth seven points to you. It is called Fungo. You're going to get three clues. All three clues will have the exact same answer. So it's kind of a three of a kind. Fungo, can you figure out what I'm, uh, I'm hitting your way? Are you ready to be the uh, guinea pig for this uh, fine category? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Yeah, even if you're not, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> Clue one. Levi Stubbs' extraterrestrial film role of Oscar acclaim. Clue number two. Author of sci-fi romance book turned Rachel McAdams movie. Clue number three. Recipient of frequent threats of sitcom spousal abuse, often involving spaceflight. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't know who Levi Stubbs is. <laughs> well, that would help, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Rachel McAdams movie. I barely know who that is. But an extraterrestrial role of Oscar acclaim seems like it's pretty limited. Um, what movies had Oscar nominations that deal with extraterrestrials um i keep i think it was i keep wanting to say like the arrival or something but that i think was amy adams and i have this spousal abuse space flight sitcom i can't even like make sense of that (laughs) sentence sci-fi so who are some sci-fi authors we've got like uh asimov and clark it could be like first or last name, really, huh? Yeah, I'm just gonna throw out one of those 
first names and hope something lands. Oh wait, it's A. So Arthur, at least I'm kind of limiting myself. I'm kind of like <laughs> forced to choose certain names. Um, you know, I'll just guess Arthur. I had a feeling that's where you were leaning there. <laughs> Arthur, uh, certainly could be, could be, could be. <laughs> it's not a bad answer. It's not a right answer, but it's not a bad answer. Yeah. All right, let's unpack this. Levi Stubbs. You said you were not familiar with Levi Stubbs. Levi Stubbs, uh, lead singer of the Four Tops back in the day. Uh, he re received some Oscar recognition for singing a song uh, that was nominated for Best Song from a Movie for a little role as an extraterrestrial uh, plant, a mean green mother from outer space. Uh, it was the Little Shop of Horrors. The uh, sci-fi romance novel, a uh, little thing called The Time Traveler's Wife. Uh, okay, that was turned yeah. into a movie starring Rachel McAdams. Yeah. And the recipient of frequent threats of sitcom spousal abuse. Uh, that would be uh, wife of Ralph Cramden. Bang, zoom to the moon. But it is not Alice. It is the actress who played Alice, Audrey Meadows. Audrey Neffenegger and Audrey Two, the plant. We were looking for yeah. Audrey. All right. Yeah. I know Audrey Two, but I don't think I would have ever pulled that out. Fair enough. Fair enough. I didn't even you think know. of her as an extraterrestrial, but she, I guess she is, huh? Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. Yeah. I mean, it's right there in the title. <laughs> right. Uh, normal, normal plants don't, uh, you know, talk <laughs> or eat people. Yeah, well. Anywho, all right. You know what? We're going to shake it off. It's not the first goose egg uh, we've ever had. It's certainly not going to be the last. Point values, however, from here on out are going to get a little bit uh, greater. Hopefully your success rate will uh, equal that greatness. Uh, point values increased to 2, 4, 6, and 8. Here are the categories we're going to be using in round two. So our first category in round two is potpourri. Following it up with movies. Then we're going to move along to sports. And we're going to wrap up the first half. And round two with mashup. Potpourri up first. Two, four, six, or eight. Um, start low again. Let's go with two. Two points for potpourri. Here's your question. Considered to be bad luck by the native population, these tree-dwelling mammals were believed to be extinct as late as the 1950s. Who are these cousins to the lemurs Still capped in population size. Still capped in population size. Cousins to lemurs. Tree-dwelling mammals. Wow. Yeah, you are. Uh... Starting the season off with the easiest questions imaginable. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and the tough part here is like kind of getting like pigeonholed into like, you have to come up with an A answer. You would think, you know, it's, it's almost, it's almost like you would think, hey, it's easier. I know the first letter. <laughs> right. Uh, but it doesn't really feel easier. Like, I feel like I'm going to end up just like making up a word here. And you didn't mention a location, did you? I did not. If they are cousins to lemurs or doesn't necessarily mean they're in Madagascar. <laughs> Oh, this is fun. <laughs> Man, who, yeah, I can't even think of an A animal that makes sense. You know, you know, we're definitely not talking about, I can come up with like alligator, but that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I get to see an alligator uh, who resides at the top of a tree, but uh, hey. Yeah. Man, uh, since, you know, uh, we'll just throw some arboreal monkey. Arboreal monkey, which certainly would fit the uh, classification <laughs> of starting with A. <laughs> yes. Probably, you know, arboreal ape would probably have been more fun. Double A. Right. But, uh, nevertheless, uh, so I, 
I apologize out there for uh, including the clue to the correct answer here uh, in pun form, uh, which I did. Uh, <laughs> just to let you know, that these, these are animals that uh, cousins to the lemurs that do reside in that uh, wonderful uh, ecosystem that's kind of uh, protected by oceans all around of Madagascar. So uh, certainly that would have been the right uh, neck of the woods to uh, consider. I said that they were captain population captain these are the animals known as the i eyes i have never heard <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i have never heard of an i uh you know when i was a kid uh, many years ago there was this uh nature company i forget whether it was national geographic or or just some sort of uh bastard cousin uh that used to send out sample uh cards that had animal facts on them and because they sent them out alphabetically, everybody got in the mail uh, as one of their first sample cards, the I.I. So from the time I was uh, eight, probably, I, I've known what these creatures are. And uh, so it's stuck with me. Apparently, uh, you, you were not on the mailing list. <laughs> I was not. How do you, is it A-I-A-I or A-Y-A-Y? Or? A-Y-E-A-Y-E. I.I., Captain. All right. Movies. Movies is next. Four, six, or eight. Let's go with six for movies. Six points for movies. Good luck. Here is your question. What film, which was based on the short story Super Toys Last All Summer Long, featured voice work from Robin Williams, Meryl Streep, and Chris Rock? Um, I said four points on this, right? <laughs> I'm looking to rewind the tape here. <laughs> uh, yeah, movies is just so hit or miss. Man, I can't even uh, like put a time frame on this. Um, super toys last all summer long. The only thing I can kind of put here, voice work. So I'm assuming that means it's animated. I'm trying to get that tie into summer, and I just can't quite get there. I can't remember Chris Rock being in anything recently, but Adventures in Toyland? But I have no clue what that is, and that might not even actually be a movie. But I'm going with it. <laughs> Adventures in Toyland. Hmm, that deserves a look up. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that I'm confusing it with something completely different. <laughs> I mean, clearly you know it's not right when I'm looking it up, but nevertheless, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so Adventures in Toyland is your answer. So uh, you know when they say uh, uh, don't assume because, you know, it makes a husabaha out of a husaba and a husaba. Well, you assumed it was animated. It was not animated. It just happened to be a film that featured voice work. Uh, this was a film about these super toys, uh, also known as robots, uh, that kind of were developed technologically to the point where they could even be uh, replacements for family members and children. Uh, some of them decided to be uh, gigolos. Some of them uh, were actually less lifelike than others. And so Robin Williams portrayed a character named Dr. No, uh, who was a doctor who knew a lot. Uh, Meryl Streep played a character named uh, Blue Mecca. Chris Rock was a character that simply named Comedian. Told jokes. What a stretch there. Uh, Chris Rock, actually, in Madagascar. That's a voice. Uh, go figure. Unintentional link. Unintentional link. Uh, but this was a film that uh, Stanley Kubrick bought this book. He wanted to uh, make a film version of it. He tried for about 30 years to figure out a way to do it, but technology just simply did not exist for him to do it right uh, on his deathbed, uh, he pretty much handed it over to Steven Spielberg and said, I, I give you the rights, do it justice. It's a little film called AI, Artificial Intelligence. Yeah, all right. Haley Joel Osment uh, is dead people, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very, I mean, uh, you know, your mileage may vary. I don't think it's a very good movie, and I certainly was not pleased by the fact that it ended and then had another half hour, then ended again, then had another half hour. It more it had more failed endings than uh, the Lord of the Rings series. 
Yeah, I yeah, I've never seen it, but yeah, I don't, don't, that. don't. Trust me. <laughs> you take any advice today, don't. <laughs> well, you did not get that one, but we still have two questions left. I, I have a feeling things might start turning around here. Sports is next. You have four. You have eight. What say ye? I got to go eight here, even though like your idea on what an accessible sports question is a little bit different than the rest of the world's. We'll see how this goes. It's not about accessibility. It's about <laughs> setting the bar for the contestant at home to see if they could beat my guest. That's all it is. All right. Here is your eight-point sports question. Nicknamed Jules, the third degree, and Bubba Chuck at different points of his career, this NBA player eventually found his way all the way to the Hall of Fame. Do you know what name he answers to? Uh, yeah, and this is my by far my weakest sport. Uh, no, hockey. <laughs> Basketball's right there. All right, so what were those names again? Jules? That is uh, J-E-W-E-L-Z, of course. Uh, the Third Degree and Bubba Chuck. I'm trying to see if anything ties in from... The last clue. Okay, I, I, and AI. It doesn't make any sense to me, but if it was the answer and I didn't go for it, I would feel like an idiot. So I'll just go with Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson is your answer. Certainly an NBA player. And it uh, starts with A. <laughs> starts with A. He is in the uh, Hall of Fame. So uh, definitely a... Uh, potential here so uh basketball players a lot of basketball players have multiple nicknames uh based on the uh the month of the year that it (laughs) i mean they go through them sometimes but yeah so uh not his most famous nickname certainly by any stretch of the imagination not anything that you would immediately identify him with however if i went for the two most common nicknames that this player was known for uh one was the hint in the clue the answer is one of his nicknames, and AI, certainly another one of his nicknames, my personal friend, <laughs> read my first book, uh, Alan Iverson. Nice. He's with you, well done. <laughs> Off the schneid. Off the schneid on the board, and again, if you're only going to answer uh, one question right in a round, make sure it's the most uh, valuable one, but we're not done with the round at all. You still have another chance to get points here. It is going to be four points. It is going to be the mashup. Are you ready to keep this ball rolling, sir? Uh, Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Okay. Good luck, and here we go. The large East African city near where Lucy was discovered, who was a hominid who lived out in the fields, fought for her meals near what was essentially a wasteland by the time she was dug up in 1974. Wow, that's a lot to unpack. Normally, it's pretty easy to decipher what the two halves are supposed to be that are getting thrown together. This is not that easy. Large East African city. I'm just trying to think of some cities over there that are pretty big. Cairo, Nairobi. Oh, my goodness. I just want to come up with, like, a halfway, like... A guess that I can like stand behind, <laughs> which was essentially a wasteland when she was dug up in 1974 and hominid. I can't. I have a feeling it has something to do with Addis Ababa. Yeah, I, I just can't put anything else with it. I hate to like not answer. I just can't think of two things to even mash up to make a guess. At least last time I was able to, like, shove two things together that made zero sense <laughs> whatsoever. And I always have so much trouble with that city. Addis Adobe. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to have to go. You're just going to have to go. I think uh, you're you're conflating two different cities there. Is I part know. Of your problem. I there am. Is, yeah, there's the city Abu Dhabi. Yeah. And, and then there's the city Addis Ababa. Yes. Uh, Addis Ababa is the one that is in East Africa, uh, pretty much near where Lucy was discovered. 
Lucy, one of the you know earliest hominids. Uh, when you age her body, uh, based on uh, genetics and whatnot, scientists believe that she was around 12 years old when she died. Not quite a teenager. Out there in the fields, she fights for her meals. Teenage wasteland. Lucy's in a teenage wasteland. That is Baba O'Reilly. Yes. <laughs> we were looking for Addis of Baba O'Reilly. Yeah, never would have got there. I did not pick up on the Baba O'Reilly part at all. I'm sure there's a few people out there screaming at you, but uh, it was a difficult one. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was a fun one, but it was a difficult one. <laughs> don't hate me because I'm, I'm beautiful. Just, just don't hate me. <laughs> That's not why I hate you. Yeah, I didn't think so. Eight points, though, in that round. We are, uh, we've got points. We register on the Richter scale of some sort. Here is where we are, Cheyenne. We are uh, ready for halftime. Here's how it works. I'm going to ask you a question. It is our only partial credit question of the game. After I read said question to you, I'm going to pause a little bit and give you a little bit of time to work on your answers to the question. And then we'll return in... Uh, See how you did. Are you ready for? Uh, are you ready for the summer? Are you ready for the good times? Are you ready for your halftime bonus question, sir? Uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, we'll see sure. how this goes. <laughs> Only five albums have achieved status from the RIAA of having sold ten million plus units from an artist whose name starts with the letter A. Now that would be the first name for solo artists or just the first name of the group name, if they're a group, for two points each. Name all five of these albums. Now, for this question, the A refers to the artist. The albums could have any name whatsoever. Give me a little bit of time to think about this, and we'll be back after the break. If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron, just like Brendan, Alex, Kintad, Mary-Kate, Ross, Karen, and Guillaume. Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. And welcome back to Beat My Guest. My guest this week is Cheyenne Fletcher. When we last left Cheyenne, he was sitting on eight points, working on the following halftime bonus question. Only five albums have achieved status from the RIAA of having sold 10 million plus units from an artist whose name starts with the letter A for two points each. I've asked him to name for me all five of these albums. Cheyenne, what you got for me? <laughs> A whole lot of nothing. Uh, <laughs> now, before, while we, uh, while we were in break, you did ask some clarifying questions. So let me just uh, clarify that the, First name of a solo artist counts as the A, not the last name, unless, you know, it's a double, double A, obviously. Uh, and otherwise, it's a group. And these uh, does not include any albums on which they are one of multiple artists. This is any album that is exclusive to this individual artist or group. Yeah, so, and I think I, hopefully, I got that clarification sorted out. I feel like since you asked the question, there's got to be one person on there, and I can only think of bands. Ooh, like would Aretha Franklin have something on there? Tell you what I'm going to do because this is a very hard question. I'm going. I'm going to give you half. I'm going to give you half points. If you name the artist, you get a point. If you name the album, you get a point. We'll yeah, see if that point. helps. <laughs> All right. So I think Aerosmith's got to be on here somewhere, and unfortunately. That it's going to be like Love in an Elevator, which had like one decent song on it. Um, so I'll say Aerosmith. Also with Aerosmith, I will put, I don't know what the name of the album was. That was just awful with like crazy and stuff like that. Um, I imagine that's on here. I just can't think of the album. Like Love in an Elevator was kind of like their border of, going from a good band to a really <laughs> bad band, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, that old greatest hits with, like, Remember and Kings and Queens and stuff was amazing, but I don't think that's all here. So I'll go uh, Toys in the Attic as well, and then surely 
like uh, ABBA's albums either, but surely ABBA's on here. And I'll say Mamma Mia. Maybe that soundtrack did it. I don't know their album. Like, I know some of the songs. I just don't know what any of their albums are called. Uh, Aretha Franklin, maybe, should be on here once again. No lots of her songs, none of her albums. So I'll just say that she had an album called Respect, even though it'd be weird to name an album after a cover. So what do I have there? I've got four albums. Uh, so you're going with uh, ABBA? Yeah. The Mama Mia. You're going with Aretha Franklin and Respect. Now, did you go with two Aerosmiths? I did. For Love in an Elevator and Toys in the Attic? Yep. Okay. And then, then you have one more. Adele's got to be there, right? With. Okay. Uh, so I'll get rid of, um, rid of Aretha. Okay. And we'll go Adele with, uh, what are they? I think it's like, we'll put two of hers on there. Um, 25 maybe and 21. I know that she names her albums after her age. So we'll go with 25 and 21 and Adele. So we'll have two Adeles, two Aerosmiths and ABBA. And let's see how well you did. I'm going to go from the uh, lowest selling up to the highest selling on this list. We're going to kick things off with uh, an 11 million uh, sold album. It is indeed from a Boston-based band known as Aerosmith. One point. It was their greatest hits album that you poo-pooed. I love that album. <laughs> well, then you should have gone with it. Arrows with greatest not... hits. <sighs> one point on that one. Yeah. Staying at 11 million. We have a little artist that you almost overlooked. And then finally at the end said hello to. It's her, Adele. 25. Two points for artist and album. Uh, 14 million. You would be rolling in the deep points here with two more Adele 21 well done and that's where we max out on you sir five <laughs> points for that round the other two correct answers 16 million a little uh, thing that this Canadian girl sang and took the world by storm it's like uh, rain on your wedding day it's very ironic that you did not get Alanis Morissette and Jagged Little Pill. Ah, uh, yeah, I should have thought of that. And 22 million copies. An album I referenced just last episode in our little preseason special with uh, Mr. Kentad Svensgaard. Bon Scott is no longer with the group. Brian Johnson took over. And ACDC oh, was back, back in black. That's like the second or third highest album of all time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, I think it's even like worldwide, you know, thrillers number one. I know here in the US, the Eagles' greatest hits is number two, but I think worldwide, it's that back in black. Oh. So, you know, sometimes these questions, once you hear the answers, you go, oh, I, you know, uh, AJ, you're killing me with the I, 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 AJ. But <laughs> this time, uh, it was gettable. It was gettable. But you know what? Five points. You came in to halftime with eight. You're leaving halftime with 13. How are you feeling, Cheyenne? You ready for the rest of this game, or you want to just uh, tap out and call it a day? <laughs> no, no, I'm ready. I can't believe I didn't speak with that greatest hits. Around uh... Uh, three. Point values are going to stay the same at two, four, six, and eight, but the categories, they're going to be a changing. We're going to kick things off with history, followed up with television. Move on to audio hodgepodge, which admittedly, is a bit of a lifestyle, and we're going to wrap things up in round three with music. History is up first, two, four, six, or eight. Let's start with two again. Two points for history. Good luck. And here we go. Remember the Ladies was part of a letter written by who to a future president of the United States. Later in that same missive, she reported an increase in cases of the mumps in her hometown. I was wondering like, if it was like a, before somebody got married to a future president. So I was thinking of like maybe like uh, Louisa Adams or Abigail Adams. Abigail Adams would kind of fit either way. Louisa Adams, I know, is from London, writing to a future president. The only other one I can think of 
I think I'm really down to like Abigail Adams or maybe like Louisa May Alcott. If she would have written a letter to writing to a future president, remember the ladies. Now I'm getting too many options. <laughs> Before I just wanted to be, be able to come up with one. For me, with remember, the, I'm going to go with Susan B. Anthony. Susan B. Anthony is your answer. Uh, a suffragette who, of course, uh, very, uh, very involved in the women's movement and certainly would uh, want to tell a future president to remember the ladies. Uh, this was a letter that was started in March of 1776, but did not actually get finished until April. Uh, there's a little coda on here where after a lengthy uh, speech of, hey, idiot, while you're down there trying to write up a constitution for this country that we're about to start here, uh, why don't you give us women equal rights and let us vote, moron. Then uh, in the second part said, hey, you know, uh, a lot of people are dying from the mumps. Uh, it's not very, very good up here. Uh, maybe we should do something about universal health care. <laughs> uh, she was a woman of, her, of ahead of her time. John Adams eventually would uh, bring her on down to the White House. We are indeed talking about Abigail Adams. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. brutal. Yeah, the response was not exactly what you wanted to hear. It was kind of like he, he waited a really long time uh, to respond. It was just like, oh, you and your flowery language. Oh, I had it right there. You did. You did. You did. If Susan B. Anthony hadn't popped in my head at the last second, Abigail Adams was going to be my answer. Well, All let's right. see if we can uh, let's turn this around. Uh, you know, you, you, at least you said the answer. So uh, only two points. We still have a four. We have a six. We have an eight. And we have television. Let's go eight on TV. I, I know my TV that I know really well. And the TV I don't know, I don't know at all. <laughs> So uh, yeah, let's go big or go home. And uh, since you're already home, let's go big. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good luck, sir. Here is your eight-point television question. Edward Herman plays a visiting surgeon called in when a mumps epidemic hits in a 1980 television episode entitled "Heal Thyself." In said episode, what actor quips, "Ah, walking in your sleep." A good way to get rest and exercise at the same time. Oh, yeah. You know, let's not make it too easy. Uh, I'm assuming it's one of the medical shows, which would be, I can't remember. Uh, oh, well, I guess we can just go with the A's. This is where it kind of helps me because I can't go down too many crazy paths. I can't think of any A's in St elsewhere so this moves me over to mash i guess and so we'll go alan alda alan alda is your answer the, yeah the uh the tv show mash lasted a very long time uh much longer than i think most people think uh and uh you, dr sherman potter and major charles winchester have a bit of the mumps so edward herman comes in to save the day we're having a complete nervous breakdown, but uh, what other show would you have a, a character wisecrack while in the midst of surgery and whatnot? Ah, walking you to sleep. Good way to get back at the same time. Ah, 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 I'm Hawkeye. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Alan Alda's correct eight points, sir. All right. Nice. Sometimes the A's help. <laughs> yes, that time they did. All right. Let us keep this ball rolling. We got another eight-point question. Huzzah. Can you get a question right that is a different point value? We'll find out. Audio Hodgepodge is up next. You have a four and a six. We'll go ahead and throw a four on this one. Four points for Audio Hodgepodge. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to ask you a question. When I'm done asking the question, then I am going to uh, play a little clip for you. Hopefully, when you're done listening to the clip, you will be able to give me the correct answer to said question. Are you ready, sir? Uh, let's do it. Born Stewart Leslie Goddard. Who can be heard here not singing the new theme song for this podcast? Oh, yo, yo, oh, yo, yo. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. Once again, just going by our letter guidance. Because at first I was like, maybe that could be like a Ramones or something. But obviously that does not fit an A. And so I just have to land on Adam Ant. That's my answer. Adam Ant is your answer when I first uh, started doing this podcast and came up with the name. And the first thing, of course, I did was go on the interwebs to see if there was any other podcast with the name because I wouldn't want to be uh, an interloper with someone else with a Beat My Guest podcast. Uh, and the only thing that came up 150,000 times was a little song called Beat My Guest, which you just heard a little snippet of by a little performer who was just following ancient history. If I strip for you, will you strip for me? Goody two, goody two, goody, goody two shoes. Adamant, goody for you, sir. Four points, well done. All right. You weren't reacting as if you didn't know those were other Adamant songs. <laughs> yeah, I had no clue. I <laughs> could not identify an Adamant song to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, two in a row. Let's yeah. break up. Let's break up the band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One question left in the round. It is going to be worth six points. Uh, you did so well on the music thus far. Let's keep the ball rolling with a six-point music question. Okay. Uh, sounds good. All right. Now you you kind of tipped your hand as to how much you know about this band earlier, but let's see if uh, you can come up with the correct answer for this question. I think it's pretty much common knowledge that Abba got its name from the first letters of the names of the group's four members. So to be the winner and take it all, what do the A's in ABBA stand for? All right. So the B's are, I think, Bjorn and, like, Bernie. Uh, I know the A's are the girls. One of them is, it sounds like a name that, like, it sounds like a name. But, but like it's it's like just a slight alteration of a common like a more common American name. God, if you ask me this not on the podcast, I nailed this. <laughs> uh it's not Agatha, but it's like uh All right, let me see if I can get the other one first. I want to say one is Annie, or am I just getting that confused with the Benny? I really want to get that other one. Uh Agatha it's not Agatha, but it's something like that. Um, like the second or third letter from the end changes it just a touch from like Agatha to Agatha. Like, oh God, what is, what are their names? Oh, this is stupid. I know this. <laughs> uh, so I will say Annie and I'm just going to have to go with Agatha, but I don't think that's right. Really close to it, though. Annie and Agatha are your answers. So we have two gentlemen with B's as their names. Uh, one, of course, Bjorn from uh, the oft-used pun Bjorn again uh, as the uh, cover band that still exists to this day. Uh, Bjorn Uleus and Benny Anderson. I believe you said Bernie at first, but you later right, said yeah. Benny. But it is yeah. Benny Anderson. Uh, and then we have the two girls. It's so hard to not give you credit for this <laughs> answer because you are so close. And yet, I really can't because you're not close enough on... I mean, you're close, but you're... Uh. Uh, one of them is Anna Frid, which is hyphenated. So, of course, I, I could give you Annie for that because it's Annie hyphen Frid. Anna Frid. Her last name is Lingstead. And the other one, Ms. Fetzkoig. Ms. Fetzkoig is not Agatha, as you so wonderfully pointed out. It's Agnetha. Oh, right. <laughs> All right. It is our season premiere. I'm feeling a bit in a generous mood. I'm going to give you three points. Ah, all right. You don't get the full six, because that would not be fair. But I'm I'm feeling generous. Don't make me regret my generosity, and and, and don't come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, we are going to give you a very very rare fifteen out of a possible twenty <laughs> in round three. 
I'm going to add that to the 13 you had coming into the round, which gives you a very healthy 28 points. As we head into round four, our highest scoring round of the game, the point bet has increased to three, five, seven, and nine. Here are the categories we're going to be using for this round. We're going to kick things off with science. We're going to move along to literature, follow it up with around the world, and we are going to wrap up round four and the game with our brand new category the final brand new category you'll be hearing it all season long only in florida only in florida Mm -hmm. lots of weird news oh my goodness the weirdest of news yes only in florida but we're gonna get there eventually science is up first three five seven or nine let's we'll go with five on science five points for science good luck and here we go. Glutamine and tryptophan make up 10% of what nutrients found in all healthy humans? I, once again, kind of being led by the letters. And also, I think they might be two of the amino acids. I have to go with amino acids and we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, glutamine. Tryptophan, that you know, that turkey stuff that makes you sleepy. Right. Uh, <laughs> they are among the 20 different types of proteins that exist. Protein starts with a P, so don't panic, people. Uh, and this is a specific type that is known as the very alliterative amino acids. Five points for you. Well done, sir. Nice. Oof. Now we're cooking with gas. Uh, yeah. Um, you're, and I, you're waking up as, as if you haven't had tryptophan in a long time. Right. Uh, well, you know, I am vegetarian, so I have not had tryptophan for 20 plus years. Uh-huh. There goes your out for your earlier performance. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> Could have just said I had a turkey sandwich. It was feeling a bit logy. Literature is up next. You have three, you have seven, and you have nine. Yeah, I don't know why I went five on science, because, uh, Literature and only in Florida should definitely have been my three and my five. We'll go three on literature because I don't read. <laughs> but but, but let's, let's be clear. You can read. You don't I, read. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good luck. And here is your three-point literature question. In the Gillian Flynn novel Gone Girl, the titular character had parents who chronicled her childhood in a wildly popular series of books. Who was the protagonist of this fictional kid lit hit? Yeah, I have no clue. Um, it's a good thing I went three on literature. Uh, <laughs> Gone Girl. I thought that that was, they made it into a movie, right? Yeah, Am I, started yeah. out of the book. I don't, I think I've seen the movie. Is that the one with, Obviously, you can't tell me. I'm just kind of talking out loud. I thought that was the one with Ben Affleck. Nevertheless, even if I saw this movie, I don't remember this part of the parents chronicling the kid. Like, I this does not. There's no familiarity at all with this. So we are going to have to reach for the A's. <laughs> <laughs> And, wow, maybe I should read more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's go with Amelia. Amelia is your answer. Kitty Lit as certainly a chair of uh, famous Amelia's, right? Amelia Bedelia, uh, certainly. Uh, So... This is indeed the the book that was turned into a film that stars Ben Affleck, Affleck. Uh, and uh, and his uh, wife, the Gone Girl, portrayed by Rosamund Pike. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is in the film. Kim Dickens, uh, the great Carrie Coon. Uh, it's a pretty good cast. Tyler Perry also in the film. Uh, I prefer the book to the film, although I don't think the I don't think the movie did that bad of a job of uh, adapting. Uh, the novel, but uh, in terms of reading it, it's better because it is probably the most original use of the uh, unreliable narrator uh, that I've read in quite some time. It's no easy feat to pull that off. Uh, In this book, one of the major plot points is that uh, Rosamund Pike's character is 
expected by the entire world to be this perfect character that her parents have raised her to be. And she is uh, struggling with uh, living up to those expectations because she is anything but amazing Amy. I don't remember it. I, was it in the movie? Oh, yeah. It's a major, okay. it's a major, uh, major okay. theme throughout that, you know, everyone's like, oh, are you? You mean amazing Amy is missing? You know, <laughs> all right. Uh, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a big deal. The 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 irony of uh, you know this is a fictional book within a book when it became very successful and part of this big uh, hit of a movie. Uh, they released a limited edition book based on this fictional book, so the fictional book actually became a real book. Okay. Oh, that's. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, around the world is next. Uh, um, you have seven to nine left. Your two highest scoring questions of the round. Uh, let's try to get this nine on there. Nine points for around the world. Good luck. And here is your question: The Nagorno-Karabakh region has been a source of much conflict between what two countries? who, despite a ceasefire of nearly two decades, have begun to escalate hostilities in the past few years over its ownership. The Nagorno-Karnarak? Nagorno-Karabakh. I know it has nothing to do with Klingons, but it just sounds Klingon. Karabakh. Oh, wow. So I'm assuming one of these two countries must start with an A. I wonder if both countries could start with an A. If that was the case, I can only think of two bordering countries that both start with an A. I don't know about a ceasefire between them, but I know Armenia and Azerbaijan border each other. Conflicted areas I think of, of like signing like ceasefires and stuff is like, uh, you know, India and Pakistan with Kashmir, but there's no A's involved with that. And Ethiopian Eritrea, they're like 20 years or so since Eritrea got its independence, I believe. But none of those help me because they don't start with A's. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really don't know. I don't know. I've never heard of this region. I'm thinking of all the A countries, and I can't really think of any disputed areas around them except for uh, yeah, so I'll just go with uh, I'll just try to go with two A countries, and I will go with Armenia and Azerbaijan. Armenia and Azerbaijan. Uh, I'm looking for two countries who are in dispute over a region because they both claim it is theirs. Uh, Russia got involved at some point and uh, said it belongs to. You and it, now it belongs to us. The people there at this point probably just don't care. They just probably just are going around playing. Stop shooting, please. Uh, you know, you went a long way around to talk yourself out of the fact that there are two A countries that border each other. You might have just just stopped there and saved yourself a lot of trouble. But you get the nine points either way. Yes, nice. Azerbaijan uh, is currently in control of the Gorno-Karabakh region. Armenia wants it back, and. Uh, 20 years, they kind of uh, settled, and then a couple of years ago, there was just a minor shift in the line between them, and uh, they both were outraged for um, a four-day war, and then so tensions are high again. But uh, nine points! Well done, sir. Armenia, right. Azerbaijan. Nice. All right. Well done. One question left. Uh, much better second half than the first. Uh, let's close it out in fine style by... Going down south, seven-point question. Cheyenne, only in Florida. Are you ready? Brace yourself. Yes. I uh, actually listened to a podcast called Felonious in Florida, which has some pretty interesting... Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I would say that would give you a, a, a hand here, and, and perhaps it will, but there's so many to choose from. <laughs> and it only keeps getting better. All right, good luck, sir. And here is your seven-point question. In August of 2017, a Florida man was arrested for using a forklift to cause $100,000 worth of damage at a liquor store after telling the cops that he did it because he was brainwashed by a hookah-smoking caterpillar. What did he tell them his name was? 
Wow. Uh, I almost feel like I have heard about this, but also I think it might just be one of the crazy stories out of Florida. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to go to the uh, couple years ago. I think it was like a Wendy's or something. A guy pulled up to uh, drive through and he threw an alligator through the drive through window. Uh, again, he, he, he I might have gone there, but as you know, all the alligators are living in trees. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, what did he say his name was? And you said a uh, hookah smoking caterpillar. I, I'm trying to see if there's anything to suss out from Jefferson Airplane. Um, Grace Slick, Marty Ballin. So, like, it makes me think of Alice, but that seems a little bit too spot on. And I don't know if, I'm sure she has a last name. I just don't know. It goes back to that not reading thing. But also with A, I'm going to say Jefferson Airplane is what he said his name was. He said his name was Jefferson Airplane, according to ye. Well, I believe you talked yourself out of uh, some points here, sir. Uh, hookah smoking caterpillar, adventures through the looking glass, and uh, this man, whose real name uh, was Matt Jones, yawn, he said my name, first name Alice, last name Wonderland. Oh, <laughs> oh well. Alice Wonderland was the answer. Oh, this is really unfortunate, too, looking at my score right now. Indeed. Uh, you have uh, quite the dilemma ahead of you here. Uh, before we uh, approach that dilemma, let me explain to everybody the new rules here uh, for the confidence question in Season 4. As always, it is uh, Cheyenne's last chance to try and improve his final score. Only one question will be before him. Only one answer is required. I will give him the category, and he must must wager between 1 and 10 points. That's part of the dilemma here, because he's sitting on 42, and he can't finish with 42. He must wager between 1 and 10 points. Get it right, and I will add it to his score. Get it wrong, and oh, ho, ho, he will lose those precious points. Send them right up the tree with the alligators and the eye-eyes and the eye-eye-eye-eye-eye. Uh, the difference this season... I, I am going to be asking all of my guests prior to them uh, sitting down on the hot seat to give me a choice of three categories that I can select from uh, that they feel confident in, at least somewhat. Uh, so a little more control over the confidence question. Uh, so I am not going to uh, reveal the uh, non-used uh, categories. I'm just going to reveal the category that we have chosen for these. Uh, for one, I didn't write down the, the other ones. And for two, because... He may want to use them again, and if if he if he gives them to you now, then you might poach them from him because we will not be able to use the same category more than once. Anywho, Cheyenne, are you ready to hear which category uh, you have for the confidence question? Yeah, I'm kind of petrified that you picked one that when you asked me, I was just like ah, I was like trying to think of a third one, and it's not something I'm actually all that good in. So <laughs> we'll find uh -oh. out. I, I, I fear that perhaps we'll see by, <laughs> by your reaction here. Uh, your how many points on a scale of one to ten would you uh, uh, like to wager uh, on a category called the periodic table? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to like if I can't end on a lost number, we're going ten. Ten points. Allow me to preface this question with the actual answers for this one are not. A words. Element names are typically proposed by their discoverers. But even given that tradition, some suggestions get rejected. To get your points, what current residents of the periodic table could have been called Aldebaranium, A-L-D-E-B-A-R-A-N-I-U-M, and Azote, A-Z-O-T-E. The answers I am looking for do not begin with A. <sighs> so, yeah, I, uh, as soon as I hit submit on the three <laughs> categories, I was like, man, maybe I should have just stuffed it too. Maybe. <laughs> I know all like the most recent ones. Oganesson or whatever has like, he's discovered like the last like six or seven or been a part of the process. Um, I can't think of any elements 
that have like a a symbol but a different name. Oh uh, well, actually, both gold and silver both start with A's. I really don't know. Uh, Azote makes me think of like blue or something. Like I can't even like get my finger. So I'll go with like cobalt or something. Um, so I'll just go uh, boron for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, I feel a little bit of uh, liberty to get a little bit harder with these questions if you're picking the categories yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's all here. Uh, you know, little challenge. Let's go over these. Uh, when uh, Antoine Lavoisier uh, discovered this uh, element in 1776, he said, I'd like to call it azote. And all the other chemists says, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Pretty much said, no, we don't like that. And so they overrode him, and uh, it's a good thing, too, because uh, I much prefer the the name I'm familiar with, <laughs> basically. Nitrogen. Nitrogen <laughs> could have been called azote. And uh, as far as aldebaranium, uh, the problem was is that uh, two different chemists discovered two elements at the exact same time and so there was a little bit of a dispute as to who exactly gets the credit uh an austrian by the name of karl auer von weisbach said i have discovered aldebaranium and cassiopeium and the frenchman george urbane said uh that's interesting because i have discovered the elements lutetium and iterbium Iterbium is what could have been aldebaranium. All right. Not Even crazier, he actually called it nebuturnium, and they said, well, we'll just get rid of the neb. <laughs> A rocky start, but 32 points is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, well done. Before I let you go, Cheyenne, is there anything you'd like to perhaps plug? Well, for one, I would like to plug that... My business partner, Tim Edwards, will be appearing on Jeopardy! Wednesday, the 23rd of January. He will be appearing. And then also, just plug our company, a questionable company. Uh, we've got a bunch of locations here in Tulsa, just branched out in Salt Lake City. And we're hoping to get something going for Geek Bowl in March, if y'all are there. We'll announce that soon enough. Well, uh, Cheyenne, uh, always a pleasure. I thank you so much for uh, being a brave, brave test subject as our first foray into season four. Hopefully it won't deter you from returning at some point in the future. But until such time, sir, you may now leave the hot seat. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Cheyenne. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week for another episode of Be My Guest. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you liked what you've heard, spread the word. This is absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. <laughs>